when I, I worked for Harley Davidson and and uh, I go to work one day and I'm in my sitting in my office and and all of a sudden I, I get to I hear this when they accuse you say nothing and I'll defend you. I thought, well, now what in the world? That's just the craziest thing, you know. But I'm a service manager and. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a phone call. It says, me and Matt come up to the boss's office. I go up there. And when I go up there, man, uh, all the other managers in a store have lined themselves up on the wall. And the owner's sitting at his desk and his wife at his right-hand side. She would never come to these meetings. It was so odd that she came to this one. But all of a sudden, every one of those managers leveled an accusation against me. And it, my first thought was, I'm going to all, you know, I'm going to light somebody up here, boy. But all of a sudden, that came back to me. Say nothing, and I'll defend you. I took my keys off. I said, man, I could justify every one of those with a response. But I'm not going to respond to one. Here's my keys. And I turned and walked out. Now, I done lost my job, right? And I got a wife and two new babies, you know, and I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and I go home and explain to my wife what happened, you know, and uh, I get my final paycheck from Harley turned out to be the biggest paycheck I'd ever gotten in all the years I worked there. All right. So then I thought, well, I have a retirement account. You know, I'll, I'll, maybe I can cash it out and I get four or five thousand bucks and that'll get by for a little bit. So I fill out the paper and cash that out. I wound up getting a check for over thirty five thousand dollars. I went in and man, the man who let those people accuse me, I love him, loved him dearly. He's done walked on to the next life. But his wife, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ today and in Alaska today because of her prayers. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know me. That's a whole nother story. But I walked in and I paid my, my 1952 panhead. I paid him off in $100 bills. I could have been bitter. You see what I'm saying? And just, but you know, y'all lied about me. Man, within, I forget the time period, it was about 90 days. Every one of those managers got let go for the same thing they had accused me of. Uh -huh. All right. Now I'm going to take you through God orchestrating events. All right. I see all this happening. We wind up paying off our debt, but now we're in a tight spot. You know, where do we go from here? God, the, the, the apartment complex we worked in, lived in, they had an after school program. Uh, the man comes and he asked my wife to do it. I'm trying to make this short and fast. And she takes over the program. He said, don't worry. We never have more than six or seven kids. Her first day, there were 13 kids. Within 30 days, it had grown to over 40 kids. Right? The largest it had ever happened. So I thought, well, my wife was doing this. I should probably get some brownie points and go help her. You know? And so I jumped in there and was helping her. A short time later, the man comes back. We've never had a program grow this much before. We didn't ever had it. We said, we need to hire your wife a helper. Would you like to get paid to help her? I said, man, I'm helping her for free. I might as well get paid. You know? So they paid her. Now, now that man... His wife was a psychologist, a counselor. She would come to the Kenai and work for the Kanaji Indian tribe for uh, once a month or something. Well, then she comes back home one day and tells her husband, Buddha, you know, the, the tribe is looking for someone who has a school teacher certificate and, and they need him to come down and, and work for their Head Start program. Now, here's my wife already running a program helping little kids. Mm -hmm. My wife is a certified teacher. All right. So he comes back. He goes, oh, the girl working for me at this housing place, you know, at this apartment complex. She's a teacher and she's a Canadian Indian. So he comes, tells her, Wanda applies for the job. All of a sudden we get hired for that job. Now, oh, I forgot to tell you right back when I lost my job at Harley, I got a letter from the IRS that said, hey, we refigured your taxes and you made a mistake. You owe us eighteen hundred dollars. I'm like, well, fat chance you boys are going to see that because I just lost my job. Well, my wife gets hired to come to the Kenai Peninsula work for her tribe. 
And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to move. You know, we, we ain't making that much money to, you know, we're, we're making the bills, but we ain't got a lot left over to, you know, a couple grand to move a, a family, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a letter again from the IRS. So sorry. We re-refigured your taxes. We made a mistake. Here's your $2,000 refund. How many people you know can tell that story? You know what I'm saying? That was the money to move us to the Kenai Peninsula. So we moved to the Kenai Peninsula 20, 23 years ago. We moved to the Kenai Peninsula. We get here. We're out on the North Road, staying in a, in a camper, a motorhome camper, uh, on, her, on Wanda's grandma's homestead, her white grandma's. And, uh, man, it's getting on about September, man, and it's starting to get cold in the, in the camper. Ain't no heater out there, you know. I got a wife and two little boys, and we're praying, God, we need some help. We need a place to stay. <clears throat> but ain't nothing come, ain't nothing come, ain't nothing come. starting to get cold. Finally, I said, well, Wanda, I said, well, you know, there's this house that's got green carpet in one room, red in another, yellow in another, and smells like cat urine, you know, but maybe we can clean it and, you know, get through the winter on it. We go down, and I'm on the way down to sign the papers on that house to sign a lease on that house. I said, Wanda, let's just stop and get a newspaper and see if just one last ditch miracle might be in that paper. We pulled and got the paper. In that newspaper that day was the house that we would live in for the next 16 years. When I saw the lady and she said, well, I got some people from the slope want to look at it, you know, and she said, but, you know, I'll get back to you. It was a week or so went by and I came back and said, ma'am, did those people? She goes, you know, them people never came. And she goes, I don't know why, but I just got a gut feeling I should rent it to you. $5 a month more than we paid for our apartment in Anchorage. Big old log house, three bedroom, land with, you know, barn and nothing but woods all around us like that. You know, I had one neighbor at the end of the drive. You see God orchestrating events here? All right, now we get this house, and, and I'm coming to the end of the story here, and, and I look at this, this neighbor over here, one neighbor down here, he's out there chipping ice, boy. This little boy, he's working at it, you know? Been at it a couple hours, just chipping and chipping, you know? And, and, and um, as I'm getting going outside, I hear the voice speak to me, and the voice goes, I want you to go help your neighbor. I said, I don't want to do that, sir. I said, I've done that before. That's hard work, you know? And I hear the voice again says, I said, go help your neighbor. I said, look, dude. All right, sir, look, tell you what. I got to go down the hill on into town. If I go into town and come back and a man is still out there, I'll go help him. I got in my van. I got down the drive. Our barn was here. His house was right here. I get down and I put the radio on. And when I put the radio on, a preacher comes on the radio and goes, you know, sometimes God will tell you, just go help your neighbor. I said, I put it in reverse, man. All right, all right, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, I backed it up. I went down there. I don't know if God loosened the ice or God just anointed me with super strength. But I started hitting that ice and was blown out in chunks. In 15 minutes, I blew out what that man had been at for hours. He mentioned that to me years later. Out of that came a relationship. And came up with someone who became a very good friend, Mr. Dennis and Miss Linda. They became very beautiful friends of ours for 13 years. They adopted my sons like their own grandchildren. I, they, every birthday and every Christmas, big old sets of Legos. My boys had Legos, you know, up to here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I was thinking one day, you know, and I'm talking to Mr. Dennis, and Mr. Dennis goes, you know, I was I was born a Catholic. He said, I grew up in Catholic school. He goes, I've listened to preachers on the radio, preachers on the TV. They usually just want your money. He goes, but you know what? When I hear you tell it, I believe it. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, God, I thought you let me live in this big old log house 
with all this land and nothing but woods around me because you like me so much. But now I realize, oh, my goodness, God, you were doing all of that to move me around because you wanted to reach out to Mr. Dennis mm. and Miss Linda. Yeah. You wanted to let them know how much you love them. And I realized, oh, my God, I said, God, you had to take me through all of that. You had to have me go through the stuff at the heart. You couldn't you just said, go home, move to the kingdom. I think God probably would have said, I would have, but you would have argued with me. You know? <laughs> but you see how God orchestrate the events? As you go through, I, I can see that coming for you, man. I see it coming. You're going to look back on the stuff that you've been through, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, God, you bring me all the way around over here. Because you have set me up for a blessing. The same as he has set Abraham up for a blessing. He set you up for a blessing. And I'm telling you, it's on video, so when it happens, <laughs> you'll know God spoke it to you. And I know, I know, man, look, I ain't got to, you guys always make me sit in the middle seat, you know. But I'm going to tell you, I know if you stop and think for a minute, it wouldn't take you that long. But I know you can tell me stories where all of a sudden you look back on it and went, oh, my goodness. I see God connecting dots. Yeah. I see God moving me over here. And I really would have rather gone over here, <laughs> you know, but I surrendered and I submitted my will to the sovereign real will of my father because I trust him and I know that I love him. Or like me, you ain't got dumb, great faith. You got dumb faith. You're just dumb enough to do it when he says, <laughs> you know. But I know, I know that, man, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your will, I'm going to tell you straight out right now, it ain't enough to go, God, forgive me for the sins that I've committed. Because you can say that, but until you surrender your heart and submit your will and give up your rights, he'll never give you the battle plan. Until you surrender the, 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 those rights, until you submit your will and say, God, you are God, you you know, be the Lord of my life because I don't make a mess of this thing until you get there you 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 spinning your wheels and you fight an uphill battle and you finna go round and round you go, oh forgive me forgive me and they go on back and do the same stupid thing because you ain't surrendered your life you ain't submitted your will do that and you'll watch him orchestrate events and move them around he's moving them now to get you to the place where you can say i'm sorry i was wrong you are god you can never, it says, unless you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on that cross and believe in your heart that his father raised him from the dead, you can never confess with your mouth until you can come to the place where you can look at yourself honestly and say, I'm wrong. I've made a mess. I'm the one. It's my fault. And when you get that humble, then you can go, I recognize that you went to that cross to redeem me. And I, I, I confess with my mouth that you are God, that you, you, you love me and I've been made a mess and I was wrong. I yield, I surrender. And you can't come to God and say, no, God, here's the terms of my surrender. No. God's like, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't go to get that cross and to discuss terms with you. No. 
It's unconditional surrender, but you will never regret the day that you give that unconditional surrender because you'll watch him orchestrate events and turn everything around for you. When Satan intends it for evil, you're finna go through it. You're finna rough there in the ship in a rough seas. And sometimes it's gonna feel like you're getting beat down, but or you're being burnt by the fire. But if you be like my shack, yo shack, and I've been there before, you know, <laughs> and say, no, we'll go through the fire. And even if he don't deliver us, we ain't giving up. We still submit our will to him. Yes. And, he's, and he's faithful. He's faithful because he said, when you go through the fire, I'm gonna be in it with you. Yeah. When you go through the flood, that means you're gonna go through it. But he'll be in it with you. You can't ask for no better. The guy who writ the book, who had all these fellas put it to pen and paper and never made a mistake. The theme runs the same all the way through and ran the same for 1,500 years. It's been running the same for over 6,000 years of human history. I got news for you. If you come to that place where I'm sorry, I was wrong. You are God. You went to that cross. I noticed you did because I couldn't be on the cross myself. I couldn't have made it myself. And thank God, thank you, sir, that your father raised you from that grave. Thank you for the hope of that resurrection because now I've got that same hope because now I've surrendered my will. I'm an adopted son of God. I'm an adopted son of the most high and the sovereign of the universe just entered into an unbreakable covenant with me of his own free will. Don't shout me down now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That was, you, you'll never get, you, uh, really, unless you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on that cross. Man, you'll never be able to do that until you're humble. Yeah. Until you get to the place where you realize it's you. You've made a mess. You thought I'm in control. Well, if you were like me, and you thought you were in control, I can guarantee you that didn't work out so good. <laughs> the very first words I heard the voice speak to me from the ceiling, you think you're in control, but I tell you I am. I even control the universe. You know when you think you're in control, you know what that means? You think you're God. Because you can't control the universe. Right. You can't, I'm sorry for taking so much of this, guys, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't go to God and say, God, look, hey, uh, tell you what, man, why don't you go and take the day off, I'll get the universe for you. You know, God's gonna go, you know, you sweet kid, you're dumber than a sack of wet mice, and I love you, but you're a good kid, you know? You can't do that for him. No. You know, my, my all-time, but the alarm on my phone, my all-time favorite song is about third day called Give. And if you really listen to the song, okay, the song starts out going, you said, all that follow you will find blessing in hard times. Uh, there's more to it than it says, uh, if I were to leave, where else would I go? For you alone hold the words of truth and life. And then it comes to the chorus and it says, I confess to you that all I want is love and I'll take all that you have to give. And the first time I read, heard that, I thought, boy, I hate that boy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy God. I'll just take all you have. But then I had a realization. No, I believe the man was singing the first part. You said this, God, that all who follow you will find blessings in hard times. But if I were to leave, where else would I go? And I believe the chorus was God singing back going, son, I have a confession to make to you. 
Eric, I have a confession to make to you. Kevin, I have a confession to make. That blew my mind when I began to think about God going, you know, God going to confession. <laughs> I have a confession to make mm -hmm. to you, Matt. All I want is love. Oh, and by the way, son, I'll take all that you have to give. And I realized, what else am I going to give the one, the sovereign of the universe? I've got nothing else to give him. When I thought that, when I heard that, and I, and I, I realized, I said, oh, God. I said, you know me. I said, I am very good at the love thing, you know? And immediately God spoke to me. I didn't have to wonder, was it the 70s come back to haunt me? As clear as a bell, he said, son, if you will give to me from your limited supply, I will pour back into you from my eternal supply. I said, you got it, God, you got it. Take the little I have, take the little bit, take the part that's not very good at loving, but you can have it. You can have it. And I promise you see the result of that in your children. You you mentioned you were never the person that somebody would have suspected to, to put kids in your hands. But he's like, my eternal supply is, is going to be there when you need it. And when you have these kids, when you're raising them, when you're... And that's what the person who was going to give you permission to uh, adopt her or not, the caseworker, that's what, yeah, well, that's what he saw. Yeah. He's like... I, I, I see that, and I this is a good home. <laughs> this is a place where kids feel safe. You had a chain breaker on your family line. You broke them. Yeah. Thing.